It's the first American win in 10 years on the Tour de France. It's stage 15. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Tour de France special. Tomorrow is the rest day, and my voice, it needs a rest. I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast a while ago, and he had Miley Cyrus on, and she was talking about fatiguing voice. I definitely feel that today. Spent a little bit of time shouting at the screen like a mad elfle uh, on the Valverde Sepcos dramatic finale, which we'll get into in a second. And then the podcast, you know, takes its toll. I'm getting very precious. Race last night, racing again tomorrow, and racing again on Tuesday. So, yeah, looking forward to the rest day tomorrow. And it's in Andorra, which is where we finished today for stage 15 in the capital of Andorra, Andorra de Ville. It's absolutely beautiful and I've been wanting to get away after the Tour de France somewhere and I was tying with maybe Tenerife, you know, going somewhere to ride my bike and just generally, you know, go hiking, bit of mountain running, some outdoor life. I've been to Andorra once and it's absolutely picturesque. So I think I'm going to go back there because it's just, it's stunning and I love it and I want to go and explore it more. And we had uh, Sven Tuft on the podcast a number of weeks ago and he was just talking about how he loved Andorra every morning across into the stream. And, you know, which reminds me, today's podcast is brought to you by the Andorra Tourism Board. <laughs> no, it's not, no. But it did sound a little bit like an infomercial for Andorra there. So I'm going to move on. Uh, early skirmishes in today's tour stage. And the victim of that was Nasser Buhani. Get in the back of the net. Buhani has abandoned. He's gone home. We can celebrate. We'll celebrate as much with the Buhani abandoning, as we will, if England lose the Euros later on. England, of course, playing the European Championship final tonight. As an, as an Irish person, as a famous Irish comedian said, it's not that we don't like the English. It's just that we like to see them lose in things like sport and war. So, yeah, well, I'll definitely be rooting for Italy, if just for a bit of fun. And I've, one of my training partners is English as well, so it's good to give him a bit of abuseful uh, banter. Today's main breakaway was star-studded, and in any other race, these could have been the overall contenders, but the way this race has played out and Pogaccia's dominance, none of these guys are featuring in the GC, but we had Valverde, Quintana, Woods, Nibli, Walt Powell, Sepp Kuss, Wout van Aert, Alaphilippe, David Godot, among others, in a large escape today. And we went over the Chima Cup at the highest point in the race this year, which was in Andorra. And we've seen this fascinating battle for KOM points between Woods, Wout van Aert, Walt Pools and Nairo Quintana. And it emerged after all the climbing today that Walt Pools is going to pull on the polka dot climbers jersey from Mike Woods. Walt Pools has a kick on him and I didn't realise that. He was challenging Wout van Aert in sprints at the top of the mountains. Super, super strong. In the final over the last stage, we had Sepkos and Valverde forging clear. And they were the two strongest when it came to the steepest grades. Because that climb, it was 
called the Bielas. It was 6.4 kilometers long, which doesn't sound much at 8.5%, but those kilometer stretches in at over 11%. And it had a crazy atmosphere on the last climb with even Didi the Devil out on the climb. And you know, Didi is one of those famed Tour de France guys. And we didn't see him last year with COVID. So he's not getting any younger unless he's the second incarnation of the devil. He's been around for a long, long time. So good to see him back out. But Sepkos forged ahead on those steeper slopes, Valverde he just couldn't follow and it it's worked out okay for not it hasn't worked out okay it's worked out very well for Jumbo Visma but Jumbo Visma stuck three riders in the breakaway this morning and they only have five lads left in the entire race and they have Jonas Vindegaard who's in a podium position now after today and they left them super isolated all day and when you consider Sakarapaz is one place behind Jonas Vindegaard Einrik Mass is two places behind them and the support they got from their teams, full teams, trying stuff, pulling stuff off for them. And he was left basically to fend for himself. And as I say, it's fine when it works out. Jonas had good legs and he was able to follow in the final. And then Sepp Kusk goes and takes the stage. Wout van Aert set him up brilliantly on the descent and he launched. And it's fine when it works out. But this is a completely different podcast if Sepp Kusk gets caught by Valverde on that descent. Because we had this enthralling battle on the descent between Sepp Kuss and Valverde. And I'm just glad I wasn't either of them, specifically Sepp Kuss, because that's fucking terrifying to have to take chances all the way down the descent with a former world champion and renowned descender hot on your heels. He had an 18 second gap over the top of the descent with 15 kilometers to go. And he railed it and even extended it by seven seconds on the descent. But yeah, that's squeaky bum time. I would have brown shorts down that descent if I had to do what Sepkos done because it is taking chances it is on the limit all the way down it's as much a mental as it is physical battle yeah it was it was a very thrilling finale and we needed that because the GC battle is just as stale as they come with Pogaccia just so dominant we had that group and Ineos to be fair to them they tried something I they haven't even had one top five stage placing in this year's Tour de France and they've Carapaz sitting in fourth they tried something that's all you can say but at what point do you say lads are you better off looking for a stage win than trying to push for a podium position I don't know what's better I suppose it's just priorities for the sponsor for me it would seem better to Jumbo Visma are more successful in my mind with the stage win today on arguably the hardest stage and the double von Thuvin with Wout van Aert than Ineos and you know oh, actually sure that's a stupid thing because it Wout van Aert or sorry yeah Vindegaard's toured on GC as well so yeah look obviously Jumbo Visma are a lot lot more successful than them this year but the point being that a couple of stage wins in my eyes is better than coming than pulling a full Rigoberto ran on it and you're in the race without being in the race you're getting second toward fourth on GC but you're never challenging the race Ineos stuck the full team on the front coming into that last climb. They even pulled two riders back out of the break. They did succeed in isolating Pogaccia, but to what ends? You know, they dropped uh, Guillaume Martin, the philosopher, from second on GC, and he's down to ninth on GC now. But honestly, I don't think we needed Ineos to do that. Like, as soon as the racing got hard, he would have got dropped. So, yeah, they're, they're isolating Pogaccia, but Carapaz hasn't got legs. When he's isolated, you know, Carapaz attacks, Pogaccia easily follows, and then Vindegaard follows Iran, Wilco Kelderman, Ben O'Connor. These lads seem so evenly matched, with the exception of Pogaccia, who has this huge, unassainable lead at the moment. 
So I think Ineos need to change tactics going into the last week. Uh, we had Mark Cavendish getting home safely today, which was brilliant. Uh, interesting interview with Cav after where he said he'd give away half of the stage wins to not suffer on days like that. But he is climbing great because I was sitting around, I didn't race this morning, and I had the opportunity to look at the you know the early skirmishes and the brake trying to set up. And Cav holds on for a long, long time. When you compare it how early Buhani and the lads are going out the back, Cav gives himself every chance to make that time cut all the time, and that's why, you know, he's coming in spent, but he's making time cuts unlike the rest of the lads. He'd be happy. There's a rest day tomorrow in Andorra, so they can enjoy the beautiful scenery around there. Get out for an easy spin, bit of nice mountain air. So today's stage, Sepkus, he's definitely saved the tour for Jumbo Visma now. It's their second stage win, and Vindergaard on the podium as well. It's turning out to be a not so bad. Uh, Tour de France for Jumbo Visma. We had the old man at the peloton, Valverde, who's going for one more year, coming in second. And Walt Pell's riding great all day, the former Team Sky man, coming in third. That leaves us with a GC at the moment of Pogaccia, absolute dominance over Rigoberto Oran, who's moved up into second. Oran's at 518, Vindergaard's are 532, Carapaz is a second to make up if he wants to take that podium at 533 and Ben O'Connor valiantly fighting today getting dropped and back on and dropped and back on he's at 558 Guillaume Martin was the big loser today dropping from ninth down from second down to ninth Pogaccia just looks so super super strong and I tongue-in-cheekly announced at the end of the first week that the Tour de France was over and I actually still feel that the GC battle is for the podium and it's not that brilliant to watch a battle for a podium Fortunately for us, the spectators, we have Cav going for the record and we have fascinating racing going on up the road for the KOM jersey and for stages. Roadmen, enjoy the rest day tomorrow. Please keep doing all the stuff that keeps the podcast growing. Keep supporting the podcast over on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. It's this model of soundness we've been going with where the podcast is free. It's not gated behind Luminary or one of these other platforms where everyone has to pay. And, you know, that's much to my financial detriment. But, you know, I'm trying to put it out there and pay it forward so as many people can listen as possible. And in return, the people that can afford to pay for the podcast, please do so. The price of a pint of beer once a month, if you think I'm meriting a pint of beer once a month. Also follow us over on Instagram. It's roadman.cycling on Instagram. I love getting those messages from people that have been out on group rides with us people that have enjoyed the podcast where are you listening to the podcast taking a picture of your coffee listening to the podcast in you know andorra wherever it is do all that stuff and i share it on instagram i love seeing it and the stories behind them roadmen thanks for listening ride safe and i'm going to chat to you again tomorrow hey everybody it's anthony again really quick i want to invite you to join arguably the best thing i've ever put out inside the roadman community it's a challenge it's a challenge called the 14 day kickstart challenge So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.